hello again. It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Kay Flay and chat with Party Favor about their brand new song together called Superhuman over Zoom video. It was great seeing Christine K. Flay again. She's always a pleasure to chat with. Uh, she recaps a little bit about her story, but we talk mainly about the collaboration between K. Flay and Party Favor. We learn where Party Favor was born and raised, how he got into music, all about his brand new album, which features the song Superhuman featuring K. Flay. We hear about how the two of them met and how they both collaborated on creating this amazing song called Superhuman. And we also talk about the visualizer for the song as well, which is basically Kayflay sitting in this chair and it's spinning and half of her face is like CGI, looks kind of like Terminator-ish, and what it was like to, to film that video. And the last time we spoke with Kayflay, she didn't have uh, outside voices out, just the inside voices EP. So she tells us a little bit about how those songs came about, and then eventually meeting Party Favor and creating this brand new song called Superhuman. You can watch our interview with Kay Flay and Party Favor on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Party Favor and K-Flay. Hi! Hello! How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this again. And happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you. Hey, Dylan. Hey, hey how, how are you? On? You got that you got that birthday glow going on right now. Well, you know, I just I just went um I mean indoor rock climbing, but I did a big I did a big climb. Apparently, when you're like fully whatever you say, you're pumped when you're just dead. So I'm pumped right now. My forearms are like <laughs> not operational. Um, <laughs> well, that's awesome. So uh, rock climbing, do any other big plans for your birthday? I'm just, you know, my best friend is getting married this weekend and mm. our other best friend is in town and has like a big Airbnb. So we're using her spot as like the hub and we're just having i have a bunch of friends coming over we're just that's cool chilling i mean you know i i honestly don't even care they more <laughs> I, they've been bugging me i'm like uh i guess just come over so <laughs> we're getting we're having dinner we're doing we're doing the whole thing well that's amazing happy birthday again Thank yes you happy, so much. happy happy birthday and what's going on dylan i'm adam nice to meet you nice to meet you too adam Thanks for having I, us on. Of course. Uh, I've met Christine a couple times in the past. Uh, sh you did my podcast when we were in the apartment. We moved to, just moved to Nashville and uh, we we're in like an apartment and there was like nothing in this room. In the yeah. Room. I was going to say your decor is different. <laughs> a little it's bit different. You're very sunlit. You're very sunlit. <laughs> I got a new light. Um, yeah. So, and then we I met you uh, when I was working in the radio too. Uh, yep. San Diego, San Francisco. So great to have you back on. Uh, and so Dylan, this is about you guys and your journey in music. We've, we've heard uh, Kay Flay's story a bit, so I'd, I want to touch on it if that's cool. And then I would love to hear how you got into music and, and all of that. And of course, 
this new record that you have and how you both met and, and, and all that. Cool. Cool. Um, well, I guess first off, where were you born and raised Dylan? So I'm currently opening up my blinds right now. So you might hear a sound. I wanted to get, I, I you made a sunlit comment. I need more sun in here. Oh, you know? I love that painting behind you, by the way. Thank you. My, my dad painted it. Did he really? That's a awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that my dad's so, an artist, cool. so shout out my dad. That's uh, awesome. Shout out Greg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So sorry. The question was my background. Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised. I was born in Manhattan in New York. And then mm-hmm. uh, we moved, uh, my family moved to Park City, Utah, which is like a uh, ski town in the mountains in Utah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. Nice place to grow up. Very beautiful, lot, very active. I was a little snowboarder and skateboarder and a little all around punk. Um, <laughs> lots of action sports and all that stuff. And then sure. uh, I moved back to most of my family's from California. I moved back to college. And early on, I wanted to be an actor, which led to, I'm giving you the speed round, which, one, no, which, which led to, uh, me wanting to like make movies and films. And then I was like, buy I saved up by my first camera, video camera. And uh, then that led to me wanting to go to film school. And I was in film school and I was in the film industry for a bit. And then somehow that turned into me wanting to make electronic music. And uh, here we are now. So I skipped a lot of stuff, but that's uh, the very short time rad i've got a, sure, a sure. couple questions yeah no for sure i grew up in southern california sorry sorry no questions no questions no, oh, okay <laughs> yeah. uh so you, you you talked about skateboarding snowboarding all that stuff like uh and getting a camera so did you like were you filming and everything like that when you were growing up i mean as i used to skateboard so you'd film everything you know edit from high eight to vhs and all of that fun stuff and uh did that affect your music taste at all yeah you know it's funny is i uh so when i was when i when i started filming and i was a i was a big action sports guy but i started finding that i was having more fun being behind the camera capturing these moments of me and my friends or you know other people around town and and kind of editing into videos like you said and and i got really into you know snowboard videos skate videos surf videos anything that was kind of you know kind of got me peaked and then you know that kind of led into editing which was kind of my main emphasis film mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed the process of you know taking all these parts that were you know meant to go together but it was almost like a puzzle in a way to bring them together um and so i think flash forward to making music when i started making music i started i didn't know, have any musical background or any really musical theory knowledge but i started producing by sampling and i think in a way my background of editing kind of like, that's how I was able to like, I'm, I'm like the, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm like a type of learner. You know, we all have like learning styles. Yeah, yeah. My learning style is, is I have to do like, like if someone's like, Hey, here's, you know, here's all these chord progressions. This is how you do it. Da, da, da. I'm like, it literally comes in one ear and out the other. I have to literally <laughs> sit way. there and, and just do it. To, and, that, and then my brain goes, Oh, okay. Um, I don't rec- recommend that learning style if you can choose. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, in this instance, when I, when I, I just learned by sampling. So I learned by taking these other sounds and, you know, chopping them up and cutting them into these kind of beats and things. And I started realizing, okay, there's my first entry into the music. And I think what's great about electronic music is that you do have a lot at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Now, when I started and started barely making music and beats and things and 2009, um, 2010, you know, there wasn't the t- tutorials they have online now and there wasn't all these different things. So 
so for me, it was kind of like, I was, wasn't sure if I was, <laughs> if I was doing it right, but, um, you know, pretty cool i'm still learning you know every day so yeah exciting. yeah i i can edit, i edited videos all that's like where i really wanted to pursue and it's such a difficult career and i love music so i ended up getting on the radio which has a similar thing i know you're talking about with with you know making beats and like you have all these things and you're kind of making trying to condense it into one smaller piece that makes sense right like if you are putting together a beat or a, a production it's like okay, I have all these sounds, these are going to go together. And then you're almost like kind of building within, like you would be uh, an edit. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a, there's definitely an element too, where just like in, when you're, if you've heard the phrase, like leaving it on the cutting room floor, like for yeah. editing, it's, it's like, you know, sometimes you have to leave some of the best things out to make the, the piece as a whole best. And I'm sure as Christine knows as well, like, you know, going through songs, there's sometimes we were like, oh, I love this part. But when you, when you're able to let it go, it sometimes makes the song better as a whole, mm -hmm. which I'm sure, uh, you know, it ha happens. And it's, sometimes it's the hardest part is to let certain things go that you're, you, you get your heart set on, whether it's like demoitis or if it's, you know, whatever else it might be. So there's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of parallels there. For sure. And Christine, you grew up, uh, or you got into music in a DIY way. I remember you telling me it was like you, you were told yeah. to kind of learn everything, right? Yeah. You know, what's interesting before I dive into that, just, just to piggyback off this, I think like you guys are sort of talking about this notion of like distillation, right? Like being an editor or being a producer um, and being a songwriter, I think in many ways is about taking like all this shit and mm -hmm. distilling it. Sure. And there, there's, you know, you can, you can film however many hours of wonderful footage of an amazing storyline, but like it must be distilled in a manner that's compelling and actually just um, comprehensible to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's really interesting. I've been having many kind of philosophical chats lately with friends about making music and, and sort of what it takes to do this job, which is to say it takes you know, I, I certainly don't think I'm the most talented person out there. I think talent is one part of it, but I think a lot of it is like, are you committed to distillation? Are you committed to, you know, there, there's these other components. And so anyway, I just think that's interesting to consider that across many different creative mm -hmm. pursuits. If you're a writer, like people, you have to, you write maybe a big piece and it's like, okay, I got to cut it down into. Yeah. You know, like little, it's, it's, it's all about, right. And, and, and that process of distilling. And of course it happens in like, you know, you're making whiskey or whatever, like sure. you, we, this, this occurs across all different formats. It's just interesting to consider, but yes, I also got into music in a roundabout fashion, just I was having an argument with a guy. I was in college. I was like super serious, academic, mm -hmm. focused. I was in the library every Saturday and Sunday, you know, um, nerd, nerd life in a big way. I mean, I'm still in my nerd. Well, smart and uh, you were going yeah, to yeah. Stanford. Yeah, no, no, nerd, nerd, nerds, nerds are good. But I'm, I'm still in my nerd era. But sure. I got in an argument with this guy about music that was on the radio. And I was sort of like, well, I could do that. And he was like, you, you probably can't. And then I was like, well, let's see where this goes for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> so so it, all start, it all started by I'll show you a moment that just uh, being extra petty. Yeah. And just, you know, I think, you, uh, again, to get a little philosophical, and I don't know, Dylan, if you 
connect with this, but I think that there's, you have to be somewhat naive and deluded when you start this job being like, yeah, I could probably do that. You know, like, otherwise it's too daunting. Like it's just too, if you really knew everything that was going to happen and all that it was going to take, you'd be like, I don't know. I'm going to yeah, try sure. with that. It's like, a, you have to have like a sense of like naivety. Like you're like, uh, sure. Like you don't know, but you're like, yeah, I could probably do this. Yeah. I, th- I think a, I think a big part of that is like just the, a lot, what I never really like kind of, you know, and I guess, I guess it, 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 there's an, being naive a little bit, but I think what a lot of people have a hard time with, and it make, it's understandable is there's a lot of rejection in this industry. And I'm sure as you know, like it, it's not necessarily like, Oh, you suck. You know, it's, it's very, um, you're constantly, you know, you're always a battle with what you want, what other external sources want. And, and there's always this kind of self doubt, you know, and then on top of that, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't see in the music industry that it's weird because we're so fortunate to get to be able to even make a living making music, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, if you think of the, the millions upon millions of people are probably trying to make it in, in music all around the world. And, you know, we're able to tour and, and, and create is, is we're so fortunate. Um, but there's, the, if, if this is definitely not a healthy job for like, your mental state a lot of the times i think i kind of that was correct like always, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, that was my general thesis i think uh if that made sense no for yeah, sure yeah. so so i'm sure if you could go back and tell yourself at stanford and you know like if you know if you had that moment like in a superhero movie where you come back through the portal and you're like christine <laughs> stop <laughs> don't do it yeah yeah no no Uh, Yes. And you know, I'm like preempting the next question, but I feel like part of the reason Dylan, you and I, because I remember when we first zoomed and like we were, I was at like my old place and like blah, blah. blah. mm -hmm. I feel like one of the reasons you and I connected is that we have a similar, I think you and I have a similar kind of heady perspective on some of this in terms of thinking of the, yeah, these, 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 sort of abstract and philosophical elements of this career and this, and this pursuit. And it really is, there's so much beauty in it. um, And there's so much joy. And there's also a lot of, you know, angst and pain and, and, and struggle. And I think it it takes different forms, uh, at least it has throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the collaborations that really resonate for me and a lot of the people that I really connect with we share like a I don't want to call it a heaviness but like uh, you know that there's like a there's a depth to it maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's mm-hmm. the right way to say it mm-hmm. I remember you telling me last time uh, Christine that you when you you know early on you got signed to RCA and then you got dropped from the label and you had these songs that you had to kind of just give to them and you you said it was probably the best thing that ever happened to you because you were able to start fresh and kind of you know re focus on on what you really wanted to do at that point yeah i mean i think moments moments that i perceived as failures as they were occurring in retrospect have been some of the most formative and positive importance of mm-hmm. i'm sorry positive moments of my life um though it you know at the time i, I felt like a failure uh, and I felt incredibly disoriented, but those, those are, I think the inflection points when you really 
you have nothing to lose in a sense. And when you're in those positions, I think you can go down a, a dark path, which is not recommended. But if you're if you're able to kind of go go towards the the little sunlight peeking through the crack, uh, it's it's really really like resilience building, character building. It's very informative. It's like, oh, actually, this is who you are, and this is where you should go. But it's it's tricky. I don't know, Dylan. Do you do you does that resonate with you? Yeah, 100% it does. And I think what you said very eloquently is always, I think, I think what it, what, what, what you're saying in a way that resonates with me is that like, we as, as artists, musicians, you know, when you look at a piece of art, like a painting or something physical, you know, a lot, those biggest pieces, a lot of times resonate with you, right? You, you know, you're looking at something right here. It's a 2D, you know, or image or whatever. And, you know, it might be, be a couple marks on a piece of painting, but for some people or for some of those pieces, you resonate with something deeper behind it. And a lot of times I think like to me, kind of what Christine was saying in, that resonates with me is that like when I started my career, I wasn't thinking about a label or a, a, a scope of this or this or that. I was just saying, I want to create. I'm, I'm, my mind is free from any distractions. I want to create what is coming out of Dylan when I sit down, right? And mm-hmm. it was just for fun. And I think that a lot of musicians, that's why you always see like, you know, the sophomore slump or the, you know, whatever, because all of a sudden now you're put in a box. Now you're putting, people want, you got to sound like this forever, or you got to mm-hmm. do this, or you got to do that. And what, like whenever you're freed from something like a, like a label uh, obligation or whatever, it allows you to kind of almost go back to that like infancy of when you started and find that joy again of making, making music and, ma- and being creative. Because I think that a lot of times we lose that because we're, we're making music for people other than ourselves again. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's how. No, that makes a lot of sense yeah. for sure. For sure. Cause then you're wrapped up in like, like you said earlier, like what do other people want? What you have all these other cooks in the kitchen, I would think instead of like you just sitting down you made this record, which eventually gets the attention of, of everybody else. But yeah, and I think that it's kind of like, the, you know, I don't know how to say this without sounding like, it's like, if you've made it to a certain point and people like your music and they're coming to see you, like they're there to see you for a reason. Like there's something that you're doing that's connecting. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's easy as an artist to kind of go start to stray from that because, and I don't mean not experimenting with your music, but like you start to kind of, lose that spark and that joy that made your music the music it was when sure that, re- that resonated with people yeah, yeah, makes, yeah. i don't know how no, that makes totally. sense but yeah yeah no i i hear what you're saying for sure uh well i'm curious because uh when was that moment for you that you know you were going to film school and you were doing all these other things you said you're you're pursuing acting and then you just started you know djing or, or making beats out of you know, just being creative. And then when does yeah. that turn into like, oh, wow, like people are resonating with this and it's now starting to do something. And then eventually, obviously, it's now your career. Um, you know, I don't remember the specific, like there wasn't like a specific like aha moment, but uh-huh. I think, you know, I always wanted to, when I was, when I was young, I tried piano lessons. I played trumpet in, in band in elementary school. I, uh, you know, did a, you know, I tried playing guitar for a little bit, but I, nothing ever really stuck with me, but I was always the kid that 
like all my friends would, I'd be the one making the mix CDs for everybody, or I'd be doing, I always like, I have music on 24 seven. Like as soon as we're hanging up from this music's coming on right now, and they, it, all genres, I'll listen to, you know, heavy metal to classical, to hip hop, to electronic, whatever. And I think for me, I always just, you know, it, it's weird. I don't know. I just kind of followed the progression of, you know, one thing into the next, into the next. And when I started making music, it was like the first time that I felt like, oh, this isn't like even feel like a job. I feel like I'm just expressing myself. And, you know, I think that that I finally had the confidence to even try to do it because of the ability that, you know, I, I could have a laptop and I could do everything here. I didn't necessarily need a drum kit or a mm -hmm. guitar or, you know, necessarily to know every in and out of, you know, every single chord progression. And I think that, um, that freedom just gave me, I, you know, it was exciting. And I, and I was for a long time, I was trying to be what I thought was successful. And at the time it was this kind of very popular house music from like Europe and you know, the European guys were coming over. It was right when dance music was really starting to boom in the United States. And I was, yeah, I was like, okay, I gotta be like that. I gotta be like that. And then it was like, every time I sat down at the computer, something else would come out. It was like in that world, but it was a little bit, you know, and I would, I would fight it and fight it. And it wasn't until I kind of was like, all right, well, this is what I'm making. This was comes out and then, you know, started having success, but it really wasn't until like other DJs and other big artists started playing my music that it was kind of like, Oh wait, okay. You know, mm -hmm. was there, maybe like there's something here, but I, you know, I, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is I had a good, I had a good job. You know, I did, I did, was working towards union and editor's union and I was, that was going to be my life. And mm -hmm. I gave it up to work on music and quit my job and just kind of did odd jobs. And I think that was the best decision I could have ever made because I kind of, it was on me at that point too. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going to go all in, I guess. But was yeah. like, what was the like, uh, kind of turning point. Do you remember, like you said, other DJs were playing your song and did it, was it just kind of like a slow build that eventually became, you know, bigger and bigger shows? Yeah, no, it, it was. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think the turning point was, you know, when I fully quit my job and I was doing other stuff, like it, it got pretty dark and I got pretty, you know, to the point where, you know, I, my, my parents are both artists. So, you know, they've always been supportive, but they weren't like, Hey, you know, we're going to, pay for your lifestyle to, you know, do whatever. It was very much like, I kind of had a pride thing too, where I was like, Hey, I got to make this work or I got to go back and do something else, you know? And I think that when I started to have the support from, you know, my peers or other, other people, and then I, you know, finally got a chance to talk to like an agent and they're like, Hey, you know, like, we think we can get you some shows. People are requesting you to come play. That was when I really was like, Holy cow, like an agent, like that's, you know, that's amazing. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I had a, I had an agent when I was a little kid and I think I, I was in the, I was a background actor in a couple of Disney channel, original films. No big oh, deal. So, you know, this, but this, so it's like, I, you know, this wasn't my first agent, uh, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was, that was, it was a big, that was a big moment where I felt like, okay, like all the work, all the years of, you know, kind of, quitting many times uh almost quitting many times you know it was, it finally it was excited you know mm -hmm. very grateful for that Did, were your parents ever like like i don't know if you should, like because they're artists and probably know how difficult it was to get to a certain point and how the uncertainty of it all, that they sense, were like yeah i was 
I think in that sense, I was very, very fortunate because they were much more open, but I could definitely, t- you know, they, like my parents are one, you usually worry about certain things and, you know, they, they, but they would call and how are you doing? Like, you know, like I could tell that there was, you know, cause it, my life, you know, I really kind of started touring and, and all that stuff when I was about 25. So from, you know, graduating college into that, you know, 21 years old. So about those four or five years was really like, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well now that if this music thing doesn't work out, you know, I'm kind of been off the the normal big boy job market for a while. And it's like, you know, I can't come back to them and be like, Hey, yeah, sorry. I was trying to be a, you know, even though, <laughs> even though in this town, there's a lot of struggling actors and artists and stuff, but mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, just super grateful. My, I mean, they, they never pressured me, but they was always kind of like, Hey, like you got to figure this out. So I think that there was definitely that, you know, I always, you know, your parents care for you and, you know, you always have that, but uh, I, I think it was good that they, I was almost more hard on myself than they were in a way, I think. So, yeah. I, I remember last time we, we talked, Christine, you, you had a similar thought when you, uh, you, when you, that, that RCA thing didn't work out because you're talking about how before that you were working as like a teacher, you were teaching like SATs, I think, right? Yep, yep, yep. Job, yeah. And uh, you would work on your records in your parents' basement before going uh-huh. to work. And then was it, did you have that thought as well? Like, do I have to go back to teaching or am I going to have to go get a real job again? Or did you, you know, know it's still music? I think I, I don't, I hadn't reached the point yet where I was really considering plan B's. Okay. And I do think there, there is again, whether it's delusion, commitment, psychosis i'm not sure of the noun but there is a common trait amongst my my friends and peers who who actually have have made this their life and career that they're that you there's just sort of some preternatural faith that you will figure it out and i think really when you start to consider those other options it kind of erodes that commitment in a certain sense or it it starts to put little mm-hmm. chinks in that in that armor or that like thing you're building. And so I, I don't think I, I got to that place. And often, you know, I'll get asked in interviews like, well, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? And like, I, which is which isn't a bad question. It's just a question for which I, I essentially have no answer uh, on some level, yeah. because it's also so fucking surprising that I'm even doing this. So so to answer the question, what would I be doing if not this? I mean, like, I don't know. Pick your little multiverse. Pick your little. I have no clue. Like, I might have invented yeah. like a hot dog company. Like at this point, <laughs> yeah. nothing is like that's how Dylan. That's how I feel at least about like this. Is that some the one of the harder parts or slash more interesting parts about having a job like this is that you are sometimes forced to really, really look into the eyes of like the sheer uncertainty and luck and randomness of it all, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is both invigorating and incredibly frightening. And so, you know, that's it. I don't even know what the question was, but that is my answer. (laughs) (laughs) You answered it. I was just wondering if you had to go back to, if you ever thought about having to go back to doing those. So no. So the answer is no. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, I think what this, this career has taught me is that I'm, I will figure it out. I'll find a way to make it work. I'll find a way to make a living. I'll find a way to like 
be true to myself. And even if, even when I, not if, even when I make mistakes and mess up and disappoint myself, I'll figure out how to come back stronger. And like that as a skill set, I don't know if you can put it on a resume, but I do think I would make a good employee. I just don't know where I would be employed. (laughs) I think, I think that's a good point. I think that there's like, as a musician and you know, if you, I think a lot of people that do make it to what some would consider success is you kind of, everyone goes all in and you have to, you have to almost have this unshakable belief in yourself, even though you might not necessarily have the best, doesn't necessarily mean you're the most confident person, but I think that there's, there's something like you said, there's maybe a screw loose in us where it's like, I know like this is going to happen. I don't know how, but we're going to make it happen. And I think that there's there. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's never really been like a plan B for me. I've just kind of gone with the flow of how I and just kind of, but like, I've always, like, I just, I remember since I was a little kid, I always felt the most comfortable on stage and not because of a like narcissistic, like, Hey, look at me. I'm cool. I'm on stage. It was like, I get so much joy from bringing joy to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I, I feel more comfortable on stage than I do walking around everyday life sometimes. And so I think like, for me, I feel like I've all, I'll always find a way to somehow be there. And right. Yeah, I don't know. I interviewed. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it's healthy though or not. (laughs) That's a whole other conversation for another day. Uh, I interviewed somebody, and they're they're like they said something along the lines of like if you have a if don't have a backup plan because if you have a backup plan if you have something to fall back on you will was basically what they Mm. meant, which I thought was like really you know interesting and it makes a lot of sense because then it's like well I can always just go back and do this. Yeah, you're almost manifesting that it won't work. Right. Which then in turn, maybe the, you know, whether it's the universe or whatever. And I think like Christine said, it, it's like when you kind of are able to get rid of that, there even is a plan B, you're kind of like, this is it, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm literally just spinning off into a black hole of nothingness forever. Yeah. So I think I'll take this, you know? Sure. For sure. Um, wow. Well, how did you both meet? I'm curious. Uh, the internet. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well we got connected through i feel like your publisher is that correct yes 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 I, mm-hmm. right i believe okay. so i i don't even remember the specific yeah that is weird that i don't remember the specifics but well it's because it's like kind of just made sense i mean i feel like our we had a lot of mutual uh friends and like crossover um you know and i've done like some different kind of collaborations and things like in in the Mm -hmm. electronic space and but but we ended up zooming and chatting and i really enjoyed that and then we were just kind of like talking i think this is correct dylan you can tell me if i'm wrong we were kind of just like talking you had sent over a few ideas but i sort of like didn't have any sparks with it Mm -hmm. and then i had randomly set up um a couple of zoom days. Cause this is like actual COVID, you know, oh, lockdown, so this COVID. is when everyone was locked down still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I was, I was writing a couple songs with um, an artist named Yoshi flower. Who's super awesome. And also from the Midwest, like myself. And we worked on this just little acoustic song, which then I sent to you, Dylan. And that was the Genesis of this collaboration. Oh, is that what the riff in the beginning of the song is from? There's like uh, a 
or is that so different? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I think there was only one small part we used from the original okay. guitars, but uh, the touch on what Christine said, yeah, I mean, we it was a Zoom call that I think what I really liked was like I could tell that I liked Christine right off the bat because when when she got on the Zoom, she's like, "Look, I don't remember specifically exactly what you said word for word, but it was kind of like, look, like before we do anything, like let's just vibe out." And I was like, "Okay, I like this because." I could tell that it was like one of the most important things when you're collaborating in music. And that I found personally is that you, anybody can get together and anybody can go, you can put, you can, you can make a record together. But mm-hmm. I feel like when the real juices flow or, you know, the sparks happen, it's when you're able to connect with the, the person that you're working with on a level and you're and the music, like almost like is not important for a minute. It's like, who are you? what are you trying to say? What's your you know, philosophy? You know, what's going on? You know, I think I remember you asking about the album and I was telling you about it and the direction I was trying to take with some of this new music and, you know, it, it resonated with you. And then we were talking and I was like, you know, I, I love everything you're saying. And so like you, like she said, I had sent over some ideas that were kind of, it was almost like ideas that I had just kind of made to see if maybe there'd be something. And it was almost like after she talked, I was on a different wavelength. And then I remember we were texting back and forth and you had those set those sessions with Yoshi and you sent me over a couple demo options via, via text. And I've said this in other interviews, but I remember I was, I was driving cause I live in LA and well, I guess we both do. And, uh, <laughs> You're you know, sitting you drive traffic. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was heading home from something and I got text. I was like, all right, sweet. I'm in the car, listen to it on a good system, put them on. And I was scrolling through, and I, was like, oh, God, I really like this one. I really like this one. And then superhuman, came on and it was like it was yeah purely acoustic the vocals were there and it was a demo version but i remember it was like i remember driving and almost having this like you know if it was in a movie it would have been like the moment you know (laughs) and uh you know where the light comes from behind me and i like get a ethereal and have have a moment and it was just like i was like oh my god like i know like i heard the song almost like where i wanted to take it in my head and I, I, I literally pulled over to the side of the road, which is very illegal because those are for like emergency vehicles. And I like, well, this was an emergency, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, clearly, like... yes. Cause I was like, I was like, all right, well I, I can focus and drive, but I'm like, wait a second. Like what is going on? I need to like, it, like I pulled over and it just, it was just one of those things where I knew. And I remember, I think I, I literally texted you and I was like, oh my God, superhuman is amazing. And I drove home that night. I literally went into my studio and I think I like mocked up some really rough like kind yeah. of drop or like whatever I did I sent it to you and I'm like this is crazy blah 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 and you know Christine was probably like whoa 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 slow down slow down like <laughs> no I but, loved it I loved yeah, it yeah 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 but it, it was in I think that's what's super exciting is that you know it was it, it was purely meant to be I feel like it was just it was great so it sounds like it's a little bit different way than I was picturing some collaborations happening where it's like, I have this song and here, do you, can you add a top line to it? Or can you do this to it? It sounds like you guys just wrote it pretty much together from scratch, aside from that little demo that Christine had sent over to you. Well, I mean, I, first and foremost, the credit goes to Christine and, and Yoshi for, for creating the idea that sparked everything. But then from that point, when it, be, when it, when it turned into my Frankenstein world and I turned it into what it is now, mm-hmm. you know, Christine was very good about, you know, and, and, and I was very uh, appreciative of, you know, the notes that she had and, and also her attention to detail because she's very, uh, and I'm putting word in your mouth, but you're very, you're very 
um, which I really, really love is that you know what you want and you know what you want to sound like. And it's like, I, I appreciate that because sometimes I kind of want to do my thing and do this. And I think it was great to have her saying, okay, you know, here's what I gave you. Here's what you did. Now let's reel it back in a little bit and, and meet in the middle. So it was, it was very collaborative, but not in a physical, like she and I are sitting next to each other and do, you know, touching every single button together. So this is all done. You said during you know the the lockdown, so it was all file sharing back and forth. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. you you told me, Christine, that you recorded um, at least uh, inside voices the because you only had that part of the EP out when we were talking, mm-hmm. or you don't even think you had it out yet. You just had a four letter word, um, and you said that you recorded some of that that for those first five songs in your friend's like house or something in their dining room, like they're gone <laughs> yeah. or something like, yeah. <laughs> was this I mean, similar or this, were you? This was at my old apartment. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, I think, I think what's interesting just to backtrack slightly about this collaboration and the nature of collaboration is I think sometimes we have the notion it's like two people, three people, however many get in a room and then the thing comes out mm-hmm. and it's actually been my experience that often collaboration is a lot uh, less linear than that. And it's, it's a little bit more unpredictable. And sometimes like something someone says to you in a conversation, like months back, like resonates, like, why did I even send you that song, Dylan? You know what I mean? Like on some level, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's a part of my brain that goes like, I don't know. Cause I have a, a lot of demos, right. Or a lot of things I'm working on. And like, there's a part of me that's like, Hmm, I'm, something makes me feel like this is, this is part of like, this is something that would, that would connect. And then, and then the collaboration like takes, takes on its own life from there. I've just found, I think that's one of the really exciting parts of this is that, and COVID did kind of facilitate some very interesting collaborations. One of the sort of, you know, uh, positive byproducts of a horrible thing, uh, was just that I think it allowed collaborations to happen in unconventional ways, which can lead to really special songs. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what this this felt like for me is, um, yeah, you know, there's a reason like there, there's a po- the Postal Service record feels so special, right? It's right. like, it was like, what, I don't know, it was weird. And, and sometimes like those kinds of collaborations are really exciting. So yeah, yeah. not saying we're the I- Postal Service. I think I <laughs> we I am yeah. not a Ben uh, Gibbard. I yeah, look yeah. nothing like Ben Gibbard. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a great point. I think that like some of the best music is when it's like the unconventional stuff. And, you know, for me, it, it it's so great to get an outside perspective from, you know, we're all kind of in a bubble sometimes in our respective genres, quote unquote, um, or, you know, worlds that we're in. And so like, you know, getting Christine's perspective and, 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 as a fan of her music too, it's like, you know, uh, it was just really, it was really cool because it kind of put me in a, in a headspace that I hadn't been in and was able to approach the song, you know, in a way where I almost wanted to create a, a, a rock alternative, I hate the word alternative, but like a rock, you know, yeah. album, like song, but like not with, you know, band, electronic instruments in a way, mm-hmm. you know? So it was kind of cool that it, it it manifested in that way and it wouldn't have happened, you know, if I was just making it with another dance artist or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. On on your record, do you have a, a you know handful of other collaborations or other features on it? Were those similar, or was this a kind of a special song as far as that went? Not that they're not all special, and this one isn't. But uh, you know what I mean. Like when it came to how those came together, this was probably the most like unique in a sense because a lot of the other the features were either like we got together in person or mm. we you know started it remote and then came in and did a couple sessions um but i think because of the nature of you know a, a portion of this album was made during the quarantine so you know like we talked about that was the only real way you could work and so i think mm -hmm. that we were all stuck inside and and i think that it really it really made a lot of people that i know personally that you know work in the music industry or musicians I, I found that they seemed everyone seemed really inspired because at first, you know, we're, everyone's down, we're all scared, but it's like everyone kind of had to stop and say, okay, well, it's back to square one. And what if, what do I want to say that I haven't been saying, or what do I, what's inspiring me right now that, you know, for me personally, I was nonstop. I wasn't saying no to shows. I was taking everything. I was, you know, having success, on the outside, but inside I was having uh, a very bad time mm -hmm. and I didn't almost realize it. And it was like the pandemic literally forced me to be like, you're done. Sorry, bud. And it, that was kind of this moment where I was like, Whoa, like it's almost like I stepped out of a haze and was like, what the hell have I been doing? Like, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? Because I'm, I'm, I, I you know, I, I, I'm making money and I have, uh, you know, shows and, you know, fans, but I was like, I'm not fulfilled. And it's because I was no longer making music for myself. I was making music for what I thought I needed to do or for an external source. And the, the pandemic kind of was like, Hey, we're back to before you had a career before anything like that. And it was kind of like, all right, I'm going to experiment again. I'm going to make sit down and just make some weird stuff. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of songs that end up on the cutting room floor that are pretty wild, but you know, it was exciting because I got to finally do things like this song with Christine where like, I, I didn't even realize that I wanted to do that all along, you know, but it was mm -hmm. like, it, it opened up a portal and there, and here we are. So. Well, the song's amazing. Uh, and the video, the visualizer you, you put together is really cool as well. I was going to ask you, Christine, like how hard was it to just sit completely still in that chair for <laughs> well, <four> minutes? <laughs> you know what was hard? You know what was hard? was the my blinking i don't know if you remember this dylan i like oh yeah couldn't i mean yeah you guys had to deal with it like i needed to not blink but like something about both the instruction then to not blink and like the fan or whatever was happening in that room was making me need to blink and that was my <laughs> like don't blink struggle. so you can think about his blinking oh my god and all i can think <laughs> about is blinking it was like am i is this like I don't even know what part of my brain this is working out. Um, so sitting still was no problem. Apparently, yeah. I will lose in a staring contest. Uh, that's what I learned. But um, it's like when it someone really, says, don't laugh and you laugh. Right. Right. It was, it was really cool. I mean, I think, you know, it was really rad to be in that environment um, and just see like Dylan, your vision. And, you know, it's always as as a as a featured artist you're kind of stepping into someone else's world and it's it's very exciting when that world is aesthetically realized um and to, like your whole team and like i know you like just talking to everyone's like you guys have known each other for so long like mm -hmm. 
um, it's just, it was a really cool environment to be in. So I, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it for me. It's like, it's kind of the best. I get to just hop in and like be a part of your thing and do it. And it's, it's really fun. So I love that part. Yeah. In the beginning, I thought maybe it was just a photo that was kind of being warped, like moved. And then I noticed that you blinked like very, like maybe two or three times throughout the whole thing. (laughs) But then I was like, well, I'm glad if, if you didn't blink, then I thought maybe it was just a photograph that they, you know, in post-production, they're able to kind of manipulate, but that may added to it. And then I'm watching your hands. I watched it like three times to see, and you don't (laughs) move. Like I was so shocked how good you were at just sitting there. Well, listen, this is, let law and order or whatever know I'm ready to be a dead body. I'm ready for that. <laughs> there you go. I was yeah, going to say, you could. can have another career in like one of those uh, like statue people that are like in downtown, like it was Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco or something. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a cool video. Very, very cool video. Um, and you've had, you had collaborations as well over, over Zoom during the pandemic. I remember Christine, you're saying, well, at least on the album with, with Travis Barker yeah. and Tom Morello. So those probably were a bit different. Obviously, I think you so said cool. you just kind of just sent those over, right? To them. Yeah. As full yeah, songs. that was just sent them the whole thing and was like, rip, rip, go out, <laughs> rip. I don't need to tell you what to do, literally. Yeah. So I'll just let you go ahead and do that. Sure. Um, so cool. Yeah, which was which is really fun. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm grateful to have that that era hopefully over. Um, but it did yield some really cool things, which I'm personally very grateful for. So mm-hmm. without, well, I, just cause I hadn't had a chance to ask you about it with outside voices, which then you mm-hmm. put together right as a, as an album, mm-hmm. right. um, yes. was that uh, written? Did you have all those songs when inside voices was done or did you write those after the fact? I had many, I had maybe half of them done and the other half not. So I was actually able to finish parts of that record in person. Which, oh, was, cool. which was really nice. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of different like little micro eras in that record. Um, probably similar to, to Reset for you, Dylan. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. you just hadn't have it. You, you only were, and I, I don't even think you announced that it was going to be another EP. It was just, hey, we, you know, I'm going to put this one EP mm-hmm. out at the time. Uh, and you just did a big tour too. Yeah, just just uh, got back. We, yeah, it was really great. Shows went awesome, um, and it's always I think it's informative for me, uh, you know, as I'm beginning to write the next record. Just understanding again how what I want to enact up there, what's connecting, how am I enjoying um, performing? Because you know, to the beginning of our conversation, reengaging with that beginner's mindset and just being like, what do I what's exciting to me, not what do other people think is interesting, but like what, what is invigorating and how can I tap into that? So it was really, it was really good. And, um, what was you your, know, I didn't get a chance to see, but what was your st- stage setup like? Cause I know your one for solutions was nuts. Oh, did you do similar? It was, it was crazy. I did something. I, I did. It, I, I, cha- I switched the emphasis from stage setup. So basically for, Anyone, we, we built this in for the last big tour. We built this crazy like plexiglass pyramid, which we lit from within. And I, my drummer and guitarist were like ensconced within. And then I like climbed all over it and stuff like that. So that was very cool. I, for this one, um, 
focused much less on set pieces. And instead I wrote, so the, it's a 90 minute show and it runs. Um, I have like monologue. It's almost like a stage setup. So basically oh, cool. like, it was pretty rad. Like I even went to an acting coach. I like fully kind of went into this. So it's, it's like basically like rock show, crazy shit. Lights go out spotlight. Oh, and then I'm almost like a, like a, like a one woman show kind of thing. Yeah. So That's I'm awesome. like delivering this story, which is about kind of like three different voices in my head in different points in my life and talking about like, you know, sort of the, the point of it all being this, this greater acceptance that all of us are lots of different things and the enemy is repression. Um, so that was, that was that, but it was, That's cool. I have to say not to take us off on a, cause I know we need to end in a second. Anyhow, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Really. I was very outside of my comfort zone and I was like, when day one of rehearsal, I was like, I need to step in day one of rehearsal and be confident as hell. Like I need to have everything memorized. I need to deliver it because I need to just, if I'm not confident, I mean, you guys know, you've watched someone on stage be not like secure in what they're doing. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> so it was, it was amazing. It was very, it was challenging. Every night I had to like, you know, do the damn thing, but it was really exciting. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And Dylan, you got a bunch of shows coming up too, from what I see on your, your tour schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of shows. Um, I got a chance to kind of preview and tour a little bit. We were, we were working on this really cool um, kind of new stage slash visual experience for my fans. And unfortunately some of the shows we weren't able to do because we ended up, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a, it's a good problem. The, the scope and the, level of what we were trying to do wasn't going to be achievable in the, in the time that I had. Okay. And I wanted to make sure that people had a time to digest the album first before, you know, cause the album wasn't even out. The album had gotten postponed a couple of times, uh, you know, just typical labels, you know, stuff and scheduling. Mm -hmm. um, so we're hoping to do kind of a, some couple big shows this fall, possibly even the top of next year. Um, and we're, we're working right now. We're doing this big like warehouse production presentation where I'm like going to do kind of like the show for a smaller group of people and like show people like what we've been working on. It's really cool. We have these incredible, um, I've been kind of doing hands-on with a couple different visual artists to create like every moment in the song, like visually kind of like represented so that like everything ha is timed and perfectly, you know, to the, uh, you know, use technology to its, it, it's, it's, um, you know, peak, I guess, but mm -hmm. it, it's, I've never really done that before on my side, you know, I, I, and here I am on this album and I really want to kind of have people take a full journey on me, not only through the album, but like through all the different mashups and some of my old records and, and everything in between. So I'm, I'm really excited um, for people to kind of experience that because I've been working on this album for a while. And then my other project side piece has been having a lot of traction. So that's been really fun, but uh, you know, it's, 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 kind of fun to come back into this world, but sometimes I don't know which face I'm wearing. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. I think, thank you both for, for doing this. I've, this has been so much fun. It's always great to chat with you, Christine and Dylan. Thank you so much for being here. It's been uh, amazing. I do have one more quick question. I want to know if you guys, or if I can get an answer from each of you, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yes. Okay. So, 
think this kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier in the conversation about that kind of unfallible belief in yourself is that I think, uh, you know, the, the people that I've met that have had success, the people that I look up to in all, all genres of music um, have had success because they put the time and effort and work in. And I feel like a lot of people kind of ask that question and they kind of are looking for the, Oh, just do this and you'll make it. And it's kind of like, it's two things. I think it's take the time to put the work in to find out who you are and what you want to say, because I think in a way there's so many other musicians out there and you know, what separates, you know, me, Dylan party favor from, you know, everybody else in my world or, you know, maybe Christine in, in, in her world, what, what are you trying to say? What makes you different? But at the same time, I think it like understanding that it doesn't just come overnight and it sometimes might seem like that for some people. And maybe there's a couple, you know, uh, uh, you know, things where it does happen. But I think that when, when you put the time in, it really starts to, to show. And I think that people can see that because you've, it's almost like you're, you're like sacrificing for your career, but by like your own effort. I don't know. How to, that's, mm-hmm. if that makes sense or not. I don't know. I've just been thinking about that, that like it, it, a lot of people just expect a quick fix and it's like, it's not take some time to find who you are and what you want to say as an artist. I, I think, but mm-hmm. no, that makes total sense. Thank you so much. Uh, what about K You got anything? Yeah. I mean, I think as we're now re-entering uh, the, the time of in-person events for me in my career. And I, I think in certain ways more than ever now, just because the internet is, is so vast and large. Uh, I think playing shows and being physically on stage performing um, and enacting what you do is, is so crucial. Like, so many of the really important connections I've made, so many of the important things I've learned about myself and my music um, have all derived from the live space. And there, there is something about, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this, this notion of pressure, right? When you don't have a plan B, that pressure creates a certain type of momentum. There's also the pressure of being on stage. Like, it's one thing to put out music online, and this is not me knocking that, but it's another thing to be up on stage in front of a bunch of people who are like, what you got? You know, and yep. <laughs> that, that pressure, again, I think is what we're talking about is productive tension. And I think being on stage and performing live creates a type of productive tension that's really important. So I just always encourage, you know, my younger artists that I meet and people who are beginning to as much as you can be get into that space and learn from it because it's like it showed me so much and it also by the way helped me like develop and create community with actual people who are into the same shit as i am um Mm -hmm. and other musicians so i just think i just think as the live space kind of comes back really investing in that for young artists is so so crucial Mm 